Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, and welcome to the 617th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you an American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Beyond the 90 at beyondthe90.substack.com. And, of course, locally on the New York Red Bulls at Red Bull News Network. But, as always, this show is dedicated to the American game. Chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. Now, it was a fantastic final at Lower.com Field. We will save everything for my two guests tonight as we will talk about that spectacular final in the capital city of Ohio, Columbus, as the crew defeated LAFC by final of two goals to one, so get ready for that. But something happened today that I would love to share with all of you, and that is, of course, United Soccer Leagues, they have decided to create play-in tournament during their regular season. Now, we already have the U.S. Open Cup in the knockout competition. But now, because of League's Cup, as well as what the NBA has done this season to bring an FA Cup-style tourney to the NBA, now the USL and their League One, which is the third division of American soccer, has decided to bring in their own in-season tournament. 12, 12 clubs representing three different regions, the East, the Central, and the West, will play each other in these games. Now, it will be a regional round robin, including two teams from a different region to play eight games, four at home, for on the road. Now, the three group winners and the best team with the best goal scored, they will enter the semifinal brackets in the knockout stage and then the final. And all of this is going to happen between the weekend starting off on April 27th until August 31st. And the cup final will be held on September 28th or 29th when there is no USL League One match being scheduled on that date, which I'm assuming would be playoffs. We'll see what happens. The East region will be comprised of these four clubs, the Charlotte Independents, Greenville Triumph, Richmond Kickers, 
and the South Georgia Tormenta. In the Central Region, Chattanooga Red Wolves FC won Knoxville SC, Lexington SC, and forward Madison SC. And then in the West Region, you will have the Central Valley Fuego FC, Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC, Union Omaha, and Spokane Velocity FC. That is a new expansion team for USL League One. That means North Carolina FC is promoting themselves back to the USL Championship League. And that means it will be a 12-team league, of course. There will be other leagues, other clubs coming in in through the expansion route to USL League One. Those clubs are going to be Brooklyn FC, Santa Barbara Sky FC, and, of course, USL League One will be going to Portland, Maine. So we're going to have ourselves some interesting situations happening here down the road, but we'll wait and see how that's going to figure out next year. But let me just say this for the in-season tournament. You know, I'm curious to see how this is going to work out. I'm curious to see what the situation will be. But unfortunately, it's another failure inside U.S. soccer. And I'll tell you why it's a failure. Now, granted, I'll be honest, in Europe, or at least in England, and of course the other countries in Europe, they have three different tournaments, not counting the UEFA Champions League or the Europa League or the new Conference League that UEFA has made, these international club tournaments. I'm talking about these tournaments inside each and every European country. Of course, there's the regular season. Then you have a knockout tournament, which is the League Cup, and it's the only tournament where the professional leagues of each country play each other in a knockout tournament to see what is going on and who will advance to the next round and win the league championship cup. Secondly, or shall I say second, but third, as we all know, the FA Cup, what we have here in the U.S., the U.S. Open Cup, and that includes not just the professional leagues, but the amateur clubs allowed to participate in the national championship of the sport in that said country. As we all know, the, Eng- the uh, FA Cup is the national championship of England, even though they do allow four to five uh, Welsh clubs to be a part of it. Still, though, that is relegated by, of course, the FA, and, of course, the Open Cup is relegated, uh, regulated by U.S. soccer. Now, I do not know, and I'll be honest, if I don't know something, I will not claim to know it. 
I'm going to have to inquire with my colleague, Carter Krishnayer, because he probably would know more about this than I would, to ask him, is the English FA also regulating the League's Cup, or is that just a competition between the league presidents of the Premier League, the Championship, League One, and League Two? Because if that's the case, I want to make sure I'm informed. And like I said, I will not claim to know something unless I am informed about it and I have knowledge on it. But at this point in time, if it is sanctioned and you know regulated by the English FA, then if something like this is not going to be in U.S. soccer, well, then what's the point of having it? Listen, this is where Major League Soccer continue and continues to muscle their way into everything. Now, listen, I love MLS. I love all of our leagues professionally in the U.S. But once again, when you have MLS acting like they know more than, they, than anyone else does, and when you have USL battling behind the curtain with MLS because they don't want to show it to everyone in the public, but internally behind the scenes, it's a verbal war. It's a battle. And it's very, very sad when who are the ones that basically govern the game, the governing body of the game in this country, continue to just fail at anything and everything around them. It's just continuing to fail over and over again. And that's why all this club poaching is continued to become a nauseating. If we cannot have sporting merit come into this country, I don't know what more we can say or do. Listen, I'm in favor of making sure that this sport is healthy from top to bottom. It's not just financially, but the ecosystem of American soccer must flow, must flow fluently and cohesively. But this is why we continue to have these soccer wars, and it's just not good. It's just not good. It's a shame. It is just an absolute shame that U.S. soccer continues to allow the chaos to go on. They just allow the chaos to continue to go on and on and on, and it's really getting nauseating. Because... 
You're letting Don Garber run roughshod all over the place. It's not just MLS. It's now MLS Next Pro. If it's not MLS Next Pro, then it's MLS acting like CONCACAF. And at the same time, it's also MLS, or at least Don Garber, representing MLS, saying the Open Cup is not good enough. We cannot continue to have these games in meaningless stadiums that do not fit the tournament. It's the same old rhetoric just spun differently on the word salad. That's what it is. It's really a shame. Now, once again, I keep saying this on blue in the face, and I don't care what anyone's going to say because I am not one of those. I believe wholeheartedly we're not there yet for promotion and relegation. I truly believe we're not there yet. That does not that does not mean I'm saying no. It does not mean I'm saying it's never going to happen, even though there are times I feel it won't happen. But you know what? You got to hold on to hope that maybe one day it can turn around, that it can happen. But the truth is, until every single club of every single professional league and even the amateur league builds their own stadiums, then there is a chance it can come in. But we have to have patience to make that so. And a quick shout out to Corpus Christi FC. They have already showed plans of building a brand new stadium along uh, an, an entire complex of practice fields. But still, though, the jewel of those practice fields is this regulation-sized stadium that they're going to build in the middle of it. Once again, it's not about the size of the stadium. It's about building a stadium for the clubs in American soccer, professionally or amateur, to make it stronger for the sport in this country. That, my friends, is the most important thing for all of us to understand. The most important thing for everyone to understand that this sport to continue to survive, not just through MLS, and not just through the USL, NPSL, NISA, the UPSL, the amateur leagues, everything, they all have to survive together, not as separates. Until then, we'll have to wait and see what the situation will be, and hopefully everything will be fluent for Nine, all one, three. in the same place. So as we get ready for uh, – we get ready to recap the 2023 MLS Cup Championship Final. Unfortunately, there's got to be a winner, and of course there has to be a, a loser. But, you know, once again, both sides were excellent. Both sides were fantastic. And unfortunately for LAFC, they fell by a final of two goals to one. As we get ready to bring in my first guest tonight, she is 
uh, a part of Heart of LAFC, the one and only Araceli, Araceli Villanueva joining me tonight. Araceli, good evening, and welcome back to the show. Unfortunately, LAFC just could not do it this time to become a back-to-back champion. Hi, thank you so much for having me on tonight. And yes, uh, unfortunately, LAFC wasn't able to hoist their second MLS Cup for the second year in a row, but... With all things regarding this team and everything they've accomplished this season, I I couldn't be more than proud of them. Absolutely. There is nothing to be down about. There's nothing to sneeze about because, honestly, Araceli, I think under Steve Terundolo, they have been better all phases on the pitch. Um, It's just a shame they could not get over the hump in the CONCACAF Champions League against Leon. They could not win the match uh, for the Campeones Cup and sadly falling short in the MLS Cup final. But still, though, it takes nothing away from what they've accomplished all season long. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, that will be one of the storylines that will follow this club until next season is the fact that they did fall short in so many competitions this season. But when it does come to the strength of the team, and Sharundalo's direction, it just only proves that they're able to reach new levels that other teams wish they can. It's not to say, of course, that other teams aren't able to push the limits, as LEFC has done, but to watch this club consistently go to new tournaments, make the final, while still playing regular season play, all in between a very hectic schedule in the last 10 months, I believe it was. It's just, it just speaks volumes for this, for this team. Now, naturally, we want to watch them raise a cup for any tournament, even the MLS Cup. But, again, it, it, just, it just speaks volume as to what this team is capable of doing. Absolutely. And obviously, uh, already some news coming out. Uh, already retiring is Giorgio Chiellini, the defender, the Italian central defender and the former Italian international. Um, look, I-, I thought he did a decent job in the final. Obviously, uh, tough to see a-, a veteran like that uh, walking out. But hopefully, maybe he'll come back as a uh, as a legend and uh, helping out uh, through LAFC in the uh, front office. We'll see what happens there. And uh, obviously the big question mark is about Carlos Vela. Will he return? Will he not return? What have you heard at least on that? Uh, uh, first, when it comes to Kalini, there's absolutely no doubt he's had a story career. He's a legend in his own right. He's a fan of the game, and he's made that very clear time and time again. I think when he first signed with LESC, it was already somewhat of an expectation that he wouldn't be able to play as much as Carlos or Bawanga or any of the other front forwards or center backs for that matter. But to watch him embrace the culture as quickly as he did, continue to be a student of the game, he just he just loses that not legendary status, but inspiration for those around him and even his fellow teammates who have all, you know, shown their appreciation this morning. And as, you know, as a fan, as a colleague, I highly respect him. 
and naturally am more than grateful to have had that opportunity to work with him in the short time he's been with the club. Now, when it comes to Carlos Vela, he is still continues to be that big question mark. Um, the topic of possible retirement did come up during MLS Cup, and he just kind of brushed it off in the sense of saying that he still needs to speak with his family. He wouldn't necessarily give a direct answer right there and then. So if he's to come back for another season, that's still to be foreseen. Along with him, LAFC has also announced their roster decisions this morning with declining options for, I believe it was nine players. And the one who stuck out the most to me was John McCarthy. Now, given the career he's had with LAFC, I am curious what the thinking is on that process. But either way, at the end of the day, Kalini, uh, Carlos, they, they're always going to be known as part of the 2023 squad. Very true. Very, very true. Um, obviously, that opening half, unfortunately, for LAFC, uh, Columbus was on the front foot. Columbus was attacking really hard, and uh, they did get those two goals, one through the penalty, and then, of course, four minutes later, uh, that uh, tremendous pass from Amundsen to Yaboa to make it 2-0. What, what did you see when the opening whistle blew from the LAFC point of view? I think from the LAFC point of view, it was obvious that they wanted to be quick on the attack, try to get on the counter and press as hard as they could in the opening minutes. But when it comes to Columbus, they're a very talented squad, and they're also the ones who upset Cincinnati to get to the MLS Cup. So there was a lot of eyes not only on LAFC but Columbus of course and with the attacking power that they had it it was no surprise um, that they got the results that they did especially in the first half I know the penalty was a little um, questionable in a sense but otherwise that the second goal with Yeboa was just it, it was magical I will give props where props is due and it was incredible to watch now obviously it it did kind of deter from LAFC a little bit that just to see them, you know, get be up by two goals that quickly. Yep, it really, really was. And um, I thought they were actually doing better as the uh, first half was coming to a close. I thought they are going to at least pull a goal back uh, before the halftime whistle blew, but unfortunately not. And, uh, and then they go into halftime and, Obviously, big speech probably was already said by Chirundolo. And you also saw Chirundolo looking at his notes. I, give, I bet he was probably trying to find a solution to change the fortunes there. And you get into the second half and not really a lot of changes uh, there to start the second half. What did you see from LAFC to improve their play to start that second half? I think LAFC definitely had used their time during halftime to try to reevaluate the situation, see if there was a way that they could get back on the counter, get back on, especially in the wings. And knowing Sarandolo throughout the entire season, he's not really known for making early uh, second-half subs. Now, there have been cases where he has, but for most of the season, he hasn't really. So that part wasn't really surprising to me. But given the – the 
determination that the team had, including having their fan base there and full force behind them, helped give them that little edge. And there we see Bawanga making, getting a goal back in the 74th minute. And from then on, they they fought. They they really did fight very hard to if equalize of anything. And unfortunately, they just fell short of that. Yeah, unfortunately they did. Schulte was just unbelievable. I mean, I thought actually, I thought when Bawanga got that original shot off that hit Schulte in the face and then converted the rebound, I thought Schulte might have uh, got a concussion from the original shot by Bawanga, but he was able to stay in because I was thinking if Evan Bush did have to come in, did you think that was advantage LAFC if Schulte had to come out for concussion protocol? I think that would have been a very huge advantage for LAFC had Schulte needed to come out. Um, I, I did see that knock as well. And to watch him on the ground, I mean, any player who's on the ground, you, you don't want to watch him in any type of pain. But had Bush replaced him, I, I think it, it definitely would have given LAFC more of an edge. Because Schulte, in his own right, is a very strong keeper. Yep. Very true. Very, very true. And, of course, final whistle blew, and it uh, Columbus wins it by a final of two goals to one. And for uh, all I can say is, is this. Um, I, I think LAFC fans, they're a little spoiled right now. And I don't blame you. I absolutely don't blame them for being spoiled. After all, they've had some pretty solid games pretty solid games, solid seasons. Last year was tremendous. It's just, you know, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to the end of the road, you think you've made it over the line. Next thing you know, you push the red button and the trap door comes out of nowhere, a la Bugs Bunny. But uh, <laughs> it's a weird analogy, I know, but I'm a cartoon guy, so what am I going to do about it? Um, but still, though, you know, what do you think the future is for the club right now? Uh, first off, you can never go wrong with Bugs Bunny. I absolutely love the Looney Tunes. But when it when it comes to the supporters and the club, it, it, their passion for it, I think that it is fair to say they are a little spoiled. The LESC has accomplished so much in the short time that the club has existed, but it's spoiled in a good way, of course. Now, when it comes to the future of the club, it's like how I've said in the past. They just continue to raise the bar each season. I'm not really sure how they can go any higher, given that they've made history, you know, going back-to-back with um, MLS Cup appearances and uh, along with other final appearances as well. So I think for next season, I, I won't be surprised if the first half is somewhat of a rebuilding period as we continue to see what happens throughout the off season, now of course would love to see this team stay together as much as possible. But we all know how this business works. There's rumors surrounding a lot of the players, including Bawanga himself. So I, it's to be foreseen, and I just hope that for next year or next season, I should say, that they only continue to do well. Yep, same here. I, I look, Terundolo has done amazing things. I think he's been solid. 
without a doubt, he's going to bring LAFC back. And if they make it to a third consecutive MLS Cup final, I think that would be a great thing. Obviously, a little bit of a lighter schedule next year. No Champions Cup uh, for 2024. But hopefully for LAFC, they can uh, right the ship and maybe get back to where they want to be. If not, uh, League's Cup or MLS Cup, hopefully Open Cup as well. But as always, Araceli. I thank you very much for your time. It's always great to have you on the show to talk about LAFC and soccer in general. I will hope you enjoy your off season, and I'll talk to you next year. Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me this whole season. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk LAFC and all things soccer, of course. Absolutely. You have a good night, my dear. Happy holidays. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Araceli Villanueva from the heart of LAFC. Once again, uh, LAFC fell two goals to one to the Columbus crew. And, of course, as I said, that was the second-place team, unfortunately. But now we're going to go to the first-place team, the champions of 2023. The Columbus crew could not join me live tonight, so we recorded this segment here for all of you. This is Mr. Adam Miller once again for the massive report as he talks about the Columbus crew winning the MLS Cup Championship. Here he is right now. Daniel Foyerson here, and welcome back to the American Soccer Show. We're reviewing the 2023 Major League Soccer Cup Final as the Columbus Crew defeats LAFC by final of two goals to one. Join me right now uh, from the massive report, of course, longtime website dedicating coverage to the Columbus Crew. Adam Miller joining me right now. Adam, welcome back. And what... A final that was at Lower.com Field as celebrations are probably still going on in downtown Columbus. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Great to be back. Great to be back at such a uh, a good time for the crew. And, um, yeah, I, they had the parade. We're, we're, uh, we're recording on Tuesday. They had the parade today. And, uh, you know, people are having a good time. I was lucky enough to be able to, uh, to be there for the final and, you know, the atmosphere was great and the, the celebrations afterwards were, were even better. So, um, it's a good, good time to be a crew fan for sure. No, it really is. Third time in four MLS cup finals, the Columbus crew has won the championship. What does this mean for everyone in the capital city of Ohio that this club has been not just, you know, a charter member of this league and going through what they went through with uh, the possible losing of this club to now the Haslam's taking it over and they're the ones that have uh, owned this club now securing that third championship. Yeah, it means everything to a lot of people and there's a lot of people, including myself, who would have never been able to have dreamed of, of a, a, a day or a night like Saturday a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I think you could see it on the, the faces of a lot of people at, at Lower.com on Saturday, just how much it means and how um, happy people are to obviously to win, but just to have a club and, and a, a club that you can support and go watch every week and care about and be invested in. There was a, like you said, a, a period of time where that was kind of in doubt. And, and um, I know my life would certainly be different without it. And, and I think um, you see kind of that in the in the celebrations that, that crew fans will have and that, um, you know, one, obviously winning the, winning the cup and being the champions, but also just um, having the opportunity to even do that and have a club to support. I think that's kind of been the, 
the overwhelming feeling and, you know, where this club was, uh, whatever it was, six or seven years ago to where it, where it is now is, is totally different. And, and obviously it's for the better. And, I'm, you know, I think you can see that and how crew fans are enjoying the moment. No, absolutely. And, of course, with this victory, uh, winning the championship, the crew elevates itself from going into the opening round of the CONCACAF Champions Cup next year. You automatically now elevate to the round of 16, which will be played in March. What does that mean? I mean, we knew the, the crew were going to the Champions Cup next year uh, to, on their positioning in the Supporter Shield table, but still, though, to win the title, you get elevated and joining Inter-Miami in the next round of it, earning that first-round buy. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you don't realize it when you win. Obviously, nobody was thinking about that Saturday night, but now we're all, you know, kind of looking for our soccer fix and hearing all these new sort of uh, rules and benefits of winning the league. And honestly, I think it's important, too. The crew are going to be in, in six different, you know, competitions next year, five different competitions, depending on how you look at it. So anytime you can give yourself a bye and a little bit of a break, and um, I think that's important, especially for, you know, as the – the Haslam ownership and the club has, has progressed. You know, the, the crew are fighting to win everything that they're in. So um, I think anytime you can get a bye and, and give yourself a little bit of time, whether it's to rest and recover or to train or whatever, you know, I don't think that that's something that should be looked at lightly. And um, I know myself and a lot of other people are excited, obviously, to be in the in the next round already of the, the Champions Cup and the, the League's Cup in the summer. So um, anytime you can uh, – Get that, you want to try and take advantage of it as well. No, absolutely. And let me also ask you this. I mean, this is also interesting as well. Is you go from Caleb Porter, who brought you that title at the last match, or at least the last time you won the MLS Cup championship, was at the original Crew Stadium. And now you got Wilfred Nancy in his first year with the Crew, comes in big. Um, just amazing job by him to get this club righted around, I would say, middle of the year. Uh, Bethachenko, of course, sporting director, brings in um, Diego Rossi after he transfers out Lucas Zellerayan, which I think we've already talked about how big of a move that was. But once again, it just looked like Rossi coming in and the tactics by Wilfred Nancy really enhanced this Columbus crew side that could be a juggernaut uh, for years to come. Yeah, yeah, I think it's been something that's been obviously fun to watch from day one to where they are now, and just the, um, I, you know, I think Nancy's often described as dogmatic in how he views the game and how he wants his teams to play, and I think you saw the benefit of that um, if you watch the crew from, you know, opening weekend till till Saturday, how much better they got and how much better the players got, and then to have Bezuchenko and the Haslam's and everyone else back Wilfred Nancy and making those tough decisions about Zarayan and Rossi and a lot of other ones, and to see that from the top down, I think is encouraging and um, certainly gives um, reason for crew fans to have a lot of hope for what they can continue to do in years two, three, four, and however many we get of. Uh, of Wilfred Nazi in Columbus. Absolutely, and you never know. I mean, the Canadian Soccer Association might be calling for him. Not next year, obviously, <laughs> but one day it's going to happen. I mean, without a doubt, I think he'll be the next head coach, unless they don't go anywhere else. I think he'll be the next head coach of, of the men's national team over in Canada soccer. But that's for another time, sure. and we're not going to worry about that right now. Let's talk about this match. Um, look, 
Columbus was on the front foot, dominating this match probably for the entire 90 minutes. Let's just be fair and honest about it. Um, big penalty call in the 32nd minute, handball in the area, even though it did bounce off the defender's chest first and then it hit his hand. Correct call, and Cucho Hernandez converts it 1-0. Yeah, I think you could kind of feel, at least I felt a lot of relief in that moment just because, like you said, I think the the crew were on top of things for the majority of the game. But, you know, one, one thing that people always say is you want to get your goals when you're on top. So um, for them to kind of earn that penalty and then for it to be converted, I think a lot of people felt like, you know, that was fair for how the game had been going. And anytime you go up uh, relatively early in a final, I think it's an important thing to do. So um Certainly felt relief and then pretty quickly some joy about leading in the final at home and feeling good about how the game was going. And Cucho's been, I think, I want to say he's like 11 for 11 or 10 for 10 or something from the penalty spot. So um, you always have a lot of confidence in him when he when he steps up from 12 yards out. Very, very true. And then, of course, four minutes later, it's that big second goal from Yaya Boa. What a pass from a Mudson. My God, how he sprung him along the near side and then – just a fantastically well-taken goal by Yaboa to beat Crepo at the net to make it 2-0. Yeah, it was an incredible pass. I think it's, like I said, I was lucky enough to be there. I think it might be the best pass I've seen in person in my life, just in terms of the moment and maybe the risk that he takes and obviously the reward that he gets. And Yeah, Yaboa finishes it well, which he hasn't really done super consistently in his time in Columbus, but he stepped up, obviously, in the in the in the moment and a great goal and then obviously at that point you know kind of feel like we're flying and um feel really good about the rest of the game with a two goal lead at home so um it's a big goal big moment and they happened so close together that it felt like we were still celebrating the first one and then the second one went in so um yeah it was an awesome awesome goal and awesome moment for um for the crew you know i gotta say in that second half and um i i know denny bowanga Pulled one back to make it 2-1, two bites at the apple. Uh, we'll get to that moment in a bit. But still, though, Schultz's been unbelievable since elevating him as the starter from Crew 2 in MLS Next Pro and just been amazing to watch what he's done in goal to take over for Eloy Room, of course, who transferred back to the Netherlands. What does this mean to see him become something special in front of your eyes and I mean, I know it's kind of early at the moment, but I mean, if he can if he can't continue this trajectory, do you think he'll be in the conversation for goalkeeper for the U.S. Men's National Team? Yeah, good question. I, th- I think it's encouraging to see, um, you know, because he was on the MLS Next Pro team last year when they won and obviously now stepped into the starter role and won again. So someone's going to have to make sure he uh, knows you don't just win a championship every time you play. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's been encouraging for him. Obviously, he's gotten a lot better. He struggled early in the year and um, has been fantastic throughout the playoff run. And um, he's, he's young. I think he's 21 or 22. But certainly if he c- continues to develop at, at this level in a, in a couple years, I think you have to at least be considering him for um, some sort of involvement with the national team pool. Just um, You kind of saw a similar sort of rise from um, Matt Turner as well, so um, it's not something that would be unprecedented. Obviously, like I said, he's young, he's, he's got ways to go and a couple things he's got to get better at, but the other thing you want a national team goalkeeper to do is play well in big moments, and, and Schulte's certainly done that this year. So um, I don't think it's out of the question. 
um, at all, and, and it's encouraging, I think, from the from the club and just the league in general to see the pathway from next pro to the to the first team and, and everybody being successful. So, um, yeah, I think it's an exciting time for him and for the club. And um, I just saw today that they picked up his option for next year, and then I would assume he'll at some point get a contract extension. So, um, hopefully, we can keep him in Columbus as, as long as possible. Absolutely. And now we can go back to that moment, scary moment, even though Bowanga did get two bites of the apple. His original shot hit Schulte in the face. Uh, the second shot, which was the rebound, did go in uh, 2-1, as we said already, about for Columbus, LAFC pulling that one back. But Schulte going through concussion protocol right there uh, at his goal. And, of course, the doctors were there to make sure he was okay. It was very scary. What was that angle uh, for you? And, of course, the obviously deafening silence at lower.com field. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, uh, um, yeah, scary for, for Schulte's health. I mean, he got whacked on the first save and, and glad that he was able to um, come through and play and finish out the game. So obviously crew fans are worried about that. And, you know, never mind the fact that they gave up a goal and, you know, now they got to defend for 15 minutes against L.A. And the crew have been really bad at defending leads all year. So I think there's a lot of different emotions and worry going on. But, um, you know, I know for myself, felt a lot of relief when Schulte was cleared to play. And then he kind of got up and started pumping up the crowd and um, kind of, I think, we all kind of felt like, all right, like we're back in this, everything's okay, and you know, try and finish it out, which obviously we did. But um, yeah, it's kind of a yeah, two bites at the apple, freak goal. I mean, Chilty made a really good save on the first one, and then just kind of got unlucky with the rebound. But um, you take what you can get, and uh, ultimately it didn't end up mattering too much, which I think is a good thing for crew fans. Absolutely, we'll see what happens moving forward. You know. As you said, multiple competitions next year in 2024, CONCACAF Champions Cup, MLS regular season once again, the U.S. Open Cup, the League's Cup. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I, I think you said uh, other tournaments as well. Uh, what else are they going to be involved with? I don't think it's the Club World yeah. Cup, but you can correct no, me if I'm not. wrong. No, the, no, they won't be in that. The other one is they just have the – it's not really a tournament. It's more of just like a final match of the Campiones Cup against whoever ends up winning Liga. That's next. correct. So um, I don't know. I think that final is still to be played in, in Mexico, but that will be another, yeah, competition that hopefully the, the crew can win. They won it in 2021 against Cruz Azul, so a little bit of history there um, as a club. And, yeah, anytime you're playing for a trophy, they'll they'll take it seriously and, and go out and win. So we'll have that one somewhere on the calendar this next year as well. Right. So finally from me, um, where can this club go now after this wonderful performance and the way that they battled from the poor start to a great fix in the middle and then finishing off with a flourish with that championship? How far can the crew really go now under Nancy and, of course, under the ownership of the uh, Haslam's? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think that's certainly the feeling for myself and other crew fans right now is that the sky's the limit. And, um, you know, I think you've seen a lot of encouraging things from um, everywhere from the academy up to the first team in terms of how the club is being run. So um, I would I would say that the uh, the sky's the limit for right now, and, and it, it hopefully doesn't depend too much on – um, you know, Cucho or Nancy or anybody like that, and, and the crew have shown that they can replace star players when they do leave this summer. And 
Um, if they can continue to do that, I think the crew can continue to be around for a long time and relevant in, in all these different competitions that they'll be in. But, um, yeah, I think right now it's kind of like what you'd call like a championship window where you have a really good coach and a really good roster, some star players, and um, you want to try and obviously capitalize that on while it's while it's happening. So um, I would say the sky's the limit. I think that next year they should be expected to compete for a lot of those different trophies and those competitions that they're in, and hopefully they can keep adding some depth and some key pieces this off season and just continue to grow and and you know. I, I can tell you personally and from crew fans everywhere, we want to be, you know, the best club in the league and winning every trophy that we can. And, and I think that the Haslam's and Bezvichenko and the whole kind of staff from top to bottom feels that way as well. So that's obviously super encouraging for us. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to make steps towards that being the reality and this being a, a yearly conversation we have when the crew win as opposed to, you know, every once in a while. So um, that's the goal. And, and hopefully we can keep taking steps forward and, and doing that year in and year out. Andy Miller, the massive report covering the Columbus crew. Congratulations, Andy, once again in all of Columbus. A third MLS Cup championship in four tries. And uh, talk to you during uh, next year and uh, enjoy the off season and t- take care. Awesome. Yeah, you as well. Thanks for having me on and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. My fault, ladies and gentlemen. I thought I said Adam Miller. I said Andy by mistake. That's my bad. And I'll put 10 bucks in the uh, cookie jar. Uh, It is Adam Miller from the Massive Report uh, discussing the victory by the Columbus crew to win them their third MLS Cup championship in four opportunities and big night there in downtown Columbus at Lower.com Field. Well, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the 2023 Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show season, two more shows this week, and then we'll try and do one more show next week, and then that's it before we get ready for the Christmas break and, of course, my, uh, my break from doing the show. So uh, tomorrow night and Thursday night, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, December the 13th, and Thursday, December the 14th, my two shows on the 2024 U.S. Open Cup qualifying review shows for those amateur teams that have qualified for the Open Cup in the opening round and, of course, the first round draw. should be fun and exciting. Follow me on X uh, for more updates on there as well uh, for show times and who's on it and uh, discussing American soccer as a whole. But I want to thank my guests tonight. Araceli Villanueva from the heart of LAFC and Adam Miller from the Massive Report. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care. So long and have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye for now. Take care. Have a good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.